Welcome to Granite Creek. If you're new, if you're visiting, it's a special day. It's Baptism Sunday, and uh, we'll jump into that pretty soon. I have a short message, and I know you've heard that before. <laughs> I have an argument, and I think it's pretty sound, and even the more I look into it, the more I am convinced of my own opinion. <laughs> I know, right? That sounds terrible. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that Tolkien is the most influential Christian of the 20th and the 21st century. He led C.S. Lewis to the Lord. His books are the best-selling books of all time. The movie series, some of the most popular movies of all time. Uh, this new Amazon thing, the most expensive series ever invested in, and I'm having problems with that one, but... It's another day. <laughs> the man was obsessed with Jesus. Raise your hand if you've seen the Lord of the Rings movies. All right. So most of you. So what we're going to do right now, uh, I'm going to skip all my intense Bible reading stuff, and, and we're going to just show you a clip of the Lord of the Rings. So I'm preparing you. It's going to be a long clip, not as long as it was last week, and nobody complained. So I think we're good. We're okay. And I know, um, like these types of clips, they appeal to my inner junior high boy. So, ladies, I'm sorry. I know that there's some ladies that like this, some other ladies that don't. But this is, guys love this kind of stuff. And. If you've seen the movie, my intention is that you're going to see it a different way, this clip a different way today. You're going to see it through the eyes of Tolkien, who is writing this, this action sequence for a very specific purpose. His very specific purpose is to communicate the gospel message to us. And I know it's all shrouded in fantasy. But Tolkien believed that his fantasies, his, his creativity in this area was a sacrament to the Lord. And that's a weird thought to think about. But he sees this as a sacrament. Whereas when C.S. Lewis was writing, it was all allegorical. For, for Tolkien, it's sacrament. So, if you are here last week, who does... Gandalf the wizard represent? Jesus. He's a Christ type. There's a few Christ types in the stories. Gandalf is 100% a Christ type. He is a very strong Christ type, as you will see in this next clip. This is the Fellowship of the Rings. This is the, this part of the story, Gandalf is leading a group of leaders into some very dark places. One of the leaders is an up-and-coming king. The other one, just say he's like a general, like General Schwarzkopf. He is a big, bad leader. Another one is this elf that has been around forever. He's seen it all. He's done it all. These are world-class leaders in this story. Now think about, I want you to just imagine, like who do you think is a, is a leader today? Don't say it out loud. You'll probably offend half the church. 
Who do you think, in your imagination, when you think of a leader, who do you think of? Maybe Ronald Reagan, George Washington, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther King, the Protestant. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> who do you think of as a leader? Yeah? The most amazing leader that, that you can imagine and that lives or has lived. Now, can you imagine that leader following Jesus? So, when you see this scene, think about it that way. Think about this, this amazing leader, and they are completely submitted to following Jesus. So, you're gonna, in this clip, you're going to see our heroes in dark places, and these cool, manly leaders, they're following the leader. Who's, who's Gandalf, and who, is, and who does Gandalf represent? Jesus. So, they're following him even though that they're completely capable. Now, there are some creepy scenes in this clip. There's these little creepy little goblins. And for the most part, our heroes and our leaders, they don't have an issue taking care of the goblins. Did you know that in your life, you have assigned to you some creepy little goblins? It's called spiritual warfare. They're annoying. They want to mess up your life. They want to put bad thoughts in your mind. The, the, the spiritual world is very, very real. And so Tolkien is illustrating this to us by these little, these little goblins. Now, here's the good news about these evil spirits that have been assigned to you to make your life hell. You can win! They have no power over you at all. They're petty, they're dumb, they're stupid. The only reason why they can maybe win is if you are petty, dumb, and stupid. So don't be the dumb and stupid and petty. Submit yourself to Christ. And you will win over these annoying little demons every single day. They have got no power over your life. You lop their heads off every second you get. All right? Easy peasy. So you'll see that. And then you see our Christ type, Gandalf, confronting an ancient demon of old. They call it a Balrog, big, giant, scary monster. In the spiritual realm, there's little minions that bug you and I. And then there's principalities of specific regions. Claremont's got one, and I've seen it in the spirit. I've had other apostles that have described the same spirit and principality that is over this city. And it's real. And it's too big for an individual. Where you can take care of the little minions that torment you, you can't fight this one alone. It can only be done through the power of the church, collectively together. And so when you see Gandalf face a principality, you might even, you can say even Satan, um, he's going to defeat it. Okay, following along, you see the parallels? Now, one more huge parallel. If you've seen the movie, you've met, you probably never made the connection. But 
Tolkien was intentional about this. Here's the connection. I'm going to spoil it all for you. They're in a very dark place. They're in the mines of Moria. And in order for them to escape death, they have to cross the bridge at Khazad-dûm. The bridge in this clip is that. It's the cross, okay? So I want you to see it differently now. And Gandalf is going to defeat this very powerful entity at the bridge, at the cross, at the crossroads. And you remember the scriptures, you remember the story when Jesus dies and everybody freaks out. His apostles, like, they, they fall into fear and they, they, they get scattered and they, their faith falls apart and, and they're, they're heartbroken when Jesus dies. They didn't never, they, even though Jesus was telling them, they never saw the big picture. And there was just immediate grief when the, when the apostles lost Jesus and you're going to see that expressed In the fellowship. And then, when Jesus dies on the cross, does he just go to sleep? Is he just like in a coma for a little bit? Is he just not plugged in? No, our word tells us that even though he died on the cross, he was still very, very active. And he, his spirit descended into Hades. And he went to war with the principality of death. And he overcame death in the grave. And he witnessed to those in Sheol that were asleep and so everybody gets to hear the gospel. And then, on our third day, Jesus rises from the grave, right? He comes back to life. You'll see our Christ-type Gandalf. He's going to come back to life. It's very exciting. You know what it is? It is a baptism. When Jesus dies and descends into to death, descends into darkness, he is resurrected into a new life. Now, Jesus, when he walked on the earth, I don't have time to talk about this, but here's the truth. Jesus is fully God. Amen? Can I get an amen? Jesus is fully God. And... He is fully man at the same time. I don't have time to splice theology on that issue, but that's true. It's a paradox. It doesn't make sense. But the truth is, Jesus is God and Jesus is man at the same time. And from scriptures, when he dies and when he resurrects, like there's something different about the newness that he has stepped into. His disciples don't recognize him. In the clip, you will see Gandalf's friends don't recognize him at first because he's in his glorified body. Do you know that you have a glorified body waiting for you? Yeah. It's amazing. 
I've seen your glorified body. You guys look hot. <laughs> Almost didn't recognize you. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, maybe he'll work this thing out. I don't know, but he's got your DNA file on file somewhere. And you're going to look just like you look. You're going to act like, just you like, like you act. Your personality will be there. You're just going to be like 24. And you won't, have, uh, you, you won't have any sickness. You won't have any disease. You won't have original sin inside of you. That, that's the hope of glory. So you're going to step into a glorified body. And Jesus steps into this glorified body. And when he begins to interact with people on the planet, um, his glorified body is able to do things that his earthly body didn't necessarily do before. Like he, he teleports to places. It's pretty, pretty dang cool. He, he goes through walls and he ends up in different regions. And, and you get to do that, too. Now, it's Baptism Sunday. We are called to be Christians. Yeah? Do you know what the definition of Christian is? Little Christ. You are all little Christ. At first, it was a derogatory term. But then they're like, it's not derogatory. That's cool. I'm a little Christ. You are to act like Christ, you're to be like Christ, you are to serve like Christ, you're to heal like Christ, you are to become new like Christ. Your, you, your old person is, is, is going to die. It is going to be baptized in water and come out anew. A new creation, a new being. In the clip, you'll see our hero, the Christ type, falling into dark places, and he's going to splash. He's going to splash into water. Colossians 2.12 says, I have been buried with him in baptism. You know that? You've been buried with Christ in baptism. You were raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And what the scriptures is saying is, he, rose, he, ra he raised Jesus from the dead, but we've been buried with Christ. That means that we too will be raised from the dead in Christ. Literally and spiritually. Meaning that, well, the kingdom of God is here and now. So you can be born again, made new right now, each and every Sunday. Let's show the clip now that I've set the stage, so be patient. You guys okay? <laughs> you see it in a little different light now, huh? It's a little more than just entertainment, it's gospel. Did you know that Jesus is fighting the battles that you don't see. And he is winning. He's already won. And he is powerful. Did you know, and many of you have experienced this when you came out of the water, it's like, oh! <gasps> Remember that feeling? 
Maybe it was years ago. When you were baptized in water, or your old person, your old man, your old woman died, and then you were reborn, and you just kind of leave the corpse in the water. And then maybe life got in the way, and it's a little confusing, and you're like, man, I don't think Pastor Josh held me down long enough. <laughs> I've wondered that myself. Right. <laughs> so, I said this this morning. I've only been baptized in water once. And that was good enough for me. Years ago, we had this gal. Every time we did a baptism, she'd get baptized again. We didn't really pick up on it. It took us a little while to figure out what was going on. And it wasn't a declaration. It wasn't a rebirth. It was for attention. So we just needed to pastor that one through a little bit. If you've been baptized here, and if you did it within your own will, meaning that mom and dad didn't make you get baptized, if mom and dad made you get baptized when you were like six or seven, I'll baptize you again, because it has to be, it has to be done within your own free will and your own choice, right? And if you've done that, and you feel like your life is wonky, and your life is sideways, um, and you think that another dunk will do it, it won't. I've only been baptized once in water. I don't know how many times I've been baptized in fire. So you don't need another dunk. You need to be baptized in fire. So John the Baptist says, I came baptizing with water, for repentance, right? But the one who is coming after me is mightier than I, Jesus, and I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's what I'm after. The only, um, the only caveat that I would do, the only way that I would baptize you twice is if you go on pilgrimage to Israel, I'll baptize you in the Jordan. It's cool. It's ceremonial. It's fun. But I was baptized in an above-ground pool in somebody's backyard when I was 10 or 12. And that water was just as holy as the Jordan water. I have a little vial of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. This is, the, this is my jacuzzi bath. Yeah, I mean, I... Don't fall into religion. Don't fall into superstitions. Don't fall into trinkets. Fall into relationship with Jesus. 